And so can I encourage you this week, invite. And don't just invite, but bring. Be a bringer, not just an inviter, but bring them. Pick them up, take them out for breakfast, do something, and then bring them along because Easter is such an incredible time. But last week we started a series called Dead for Nothing, what the cross has done for you. And we just want to look at what Jesus did on the cross. We We know, or you may not know, but... We understand as Christians that Christ died on the cross for our sins and and took away the sin of the world. We understand that and that he rose from the dead and he lives victoriously. We understand all of that. But is that all that he did on the cross? Just remove our sins or did he do more? And last week we looked at the fact that Jesus destroyed poverty on the cross. The Bible says that he became poor so that we could become rich and that's God's intention that we would live a life of abundance, not just to consume upon ourselves, but to be able to give to others and to help others. And uh, he showed that through the story of the Good Samaritan, that it's, it's our role, it's our purpose in life to do that. And so this week, I want to I talk to you about another thing that Christ did on the cross. Last week, he destroyed poverty. This week, I want to talk to you about how he destroyed sickness and disease on the cross. And if you're sick this morning, we're going to pray for you at the end. But I, I need to say this before I get into the message to, to speak a message about sickness and healing in 30 minutes, I cannot cover everything, all right? I cannot cover questions that you may have like, well, how come some people get healed and some people don't get healed? I don't have time this morning to go into all that. What I want to say to you this morning is what I know that the cross did for us. I want to give you some things that you can do to help make that happen and become a reality in your life but my, I understand that my responsibility as a Christian, my responsibility as a pastor is not so much to question why it doesn't happen, but to teach you that Christ heals. Because if we spend all our time wondering why these things don't happen, we lose focus of that he does this. Are you with me this morning? And so often we, we, we focus on life about what our loss is instead of what our gain is. Come on, Paul said this, I consider it all to be lost, but I've gained Christ that I may. So it's not, it's not we, we focus so much on what, what isn't happening that we fail to focus on what he's promised. And if you take your eyes off his promise, then what's happening will never be resolved because only his promise can resolve our problems. And so I, I say that all before we get into this because I... I'm just presenting one side of the equation this morning, but I'll be more than happy to talk to you afterwards. We start in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says this about Jesus. It says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. Not by his wounds, hopefully you'll be healed. Maybe cross your fingers touch wood. No, by his wounds you are healed. The Passion Passion Translation Bible puts it this way, our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Don't you love that? Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. In Matthew 8, 17 it says, he took our affirmities or our sins and he bore our sicknesses and he, he took all his all the sicknesses and disease of the world, he took upon him on the cross. And if Jesus bore our sicknesses, if the, if the Bible is true and we believe it, which we should if we're Christians, if what it says is true and the Bible says this, that no word goes out that doesn't achieve everything that it sets out to do, 
that God is not a God that can lie. He's not man that he can lie, but he's a God of truth and he always tells the truth and, and his word is living and it's alive and it's active. If he says that he has borne our sicknesses on the cross, then what that tells me is that I no longer have to bear them. That I no longer have to bear sickness if he has bore it on the cross, if he has carried sickness and disease on the cross and I have a sickness and disease, it's actually not my thing to carry because he's carried it. And the cross is the basis for wholeness. Every whole person or, or wholeness that you're looking for in your life comes via the cross. The cross covers everything, body, soul, and spirit. God made sure that he covered all of our bases. And when he took our sins away, the Bible also teaches us that he took our diseases and our sicknesses away as well. When he died on the cross, it just wasn't about our sin, but it says that he took our sickness and he took our disease. I thought we would have got an amen there this morning, but maybe some of you are still half asleep. Because even though through the fall, through Adam and Eve, we lost everything, you have to understand that through the cross, Jesus recovered everything. When he died on the cross, he fulfilled the law and recovered everything. Come on, man, I don't know what's wrong with us at the moment, but we're so... We're preaching some stuff about what God did for us on the cross. We're at Easter. We're talking about the Savior that died for our sins and took away the sins of the world. We're talking about the Savior that's delivered you from poverty and sickness and disease, and we're just so quiet about it. And, and, and yet we live in a world that's not quiet to put down what God has done, but we live in a world that sometimes as Christians, we're too quiet to talk about what He has done. And I'd rather be talking about what Christ has done for us because that's so important, because people need to know what he's done. They need to understand what he accomplished. They need to understand that he loves them, that he is for them and not against them. We don't need to talk about what God is against. We're going to talk about what he's for. And this morning we're talking about that he is for your healing. He is for sickness and disease to be removed from your world. And when Jesus was crucified, he was dealing with more than just sin, friend. He's providing a basis for healing and delivering people from sickness. That's what he did on the cross. Nothing more, nothing less, but just sin, sickness, disease, poverty, taken care of. I'm going to put everything back that's ever been stolen from you. It's recovered at the cross. Proverbs 103 verse 3 says, The Lord who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases. And the thing I love about that piece of scripture is he's not limiting God's forgiveness of sins. Yeah, he's not saying, well, God can forgive this sin and that sin and that really, really big one. But those little ones he can't really take care of or he can only take care of little sins, but big sins. It says here that he, that he took care of all sins. And if he can take care of all sins, then the same applies to sickness and disease. That he, he heals all of them. Come on. He heals all of them. There is no disease that God is incapable of healing. And I know that maybe some of you have gone through stuff or you've lost loved ones because of disease. And, and, and I can't answer the question as to why some people are healed and some people aren't. But I can answer this question that it's God's intention to heal everybody. I don't know why everyone isn't healed, but it is God's intention according to Scripture that everyone is healed. But God knows and God has the plan, yeah? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And rather than question why it hasn't happened, why don't we start to pursue that it, it can happen and it will happen. And if Christ promised it, 
then we have to go after it. We can't afford to live in a world where we just accept what the doctor says. See, to discover the power of the cross for healing, for you to understand it, for you to apprehend it, for you to discover that power of healing, then you've got to actually understand how to appropriate this truth. Because it's one thing to know that Christ heals us, but if you don't know how to apply the truth, then it's just a nice saying, isn't it? It's just a nice saying, and we're always in need of knowing how to make spiritual truths physical realities. Are you with me this morning? I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of promises in the Bible that God promises that aren't a reality in my life, and so I want to know how do I take that truth and appropriate it to my life so it's a reality in my world, so that abundance is a reality, or so healing is a reality in my world, and and the thing that you have to understand is that the bridge between truth and reality is always faith. Faith is always the bridge between truth and reality. Now, I know that some people have, you've heard some preaching on this before if you've been around the Christian world long enough that, oh, people don't get healed because they don't have enough faith. That's not, that's not true. It's incorrect. Just don't even listen to that kind of stuff because Jesus said if you have faith, of a mustard seed, which is a smaller seed on the planet, and you ask this mountain to move, it shall be moved. It's not about having big faith, it's about having faith in a big God. It's not the size of your faith, it's the size of your God that matters. And so that's incorrect teaching. Some people say, oh, you're, you're not healed because there's sin in your life. If anybody ever says that to you, um, just, I don't know, punch them in the face and repent later, because that's not biblical either. All right? There's a blind man sitting there, and, and, and the disciples say to Jesus, who sinned, him or his parents? And Jesus said, none of the above. He's like that, so you can see my glory, and heals the guy right there on the spot. So don't, 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 don't get caught up in this religious thing. Don't get stuck in why things don't happen. I want you to hear this morning what God's promises. And for your promise to become a reality, it always goes via faith, because faith makes real the promises of God. Faith makes real the promises of God. And every single person that's ever given their life to Christ, you have operated in faith that has made his salvation real to your life. And if we can operate in faith for salvation, friend, we can operate in faith for healing. Come on. Faith is released when there's a total confidence that something is the will of God. And that's why I said what I've said to you so far this morning, because I want you to understand that healing is God's will. It's his will. Yes, I know some people aren't healed, but it's his will that they be healed. And if it's his will, then I can have complete confidence that if that's his will, that that's what he wants to do. Healing is and always has been and always will be the will of God. He said this in, 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 in the in the, you know, a prayer, our God who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's saying, I want earth to have all the things that heaven has. And there's no sickness in heaven. It is God's will. And we have to get our mind around this that no matter what has happened or no matter what has been or no matter what the doctor report says, it is his will that you be healed. And if we can hold on to his will and have an absolute confidence that that is his will 
and I'm not talking about being stupid and just stopping your tablets or whatever the doctor has put you on. I'm not telling you to do any of that. I'm telling you, 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 you do what the doctor tells you to do, but I want you to, on top of that, put in this understanding in your heart and in your head and everything that you do that it is will that I be healed. It is his will that I be healed. And most of us probably don't doubt God's ability to heal. We just are uncertain of his willingness to heal. Because we're seeing other people get healed or we've heard other stories. And so we know that God does heal. We're just not really certain of his willingness to heal. And I want to tell you this morning that when you read the scriptures, it is God's will to heal. And if it's God's will to heal, that's all I need to know to believe that he can do it. Let me just give you some things that I think will help you when it comes to faith, if you're believing for healing this morning. Just some things that I think faith does that you need to apply to your world if we're going to see those promises come to pass. The first thing is, is faith always starts with a desire. Faith always starts with, there's a desire for this to happen. it's, It's not coming to God and going, oh, I hope I hope you can heal. Now, there has to be a desire. There has to be like, I want this to happen. Faith begins with a desire strong enough to make you determined to make it happen. It's like faith just goes, no, I, I, I want this. I am determined to see this come to pass. I, I want this. The second thing is faith decides that it will get it. Get it. it makes its mind up. Faith is just like, man, I've made a decision. You know, it's a little bit like, like Joshua when he says to the people, or, or um, no, not Joshua, Elijah, when he says, who will you serve this day? He's like, make a decision. Are you going to follow God or are you going to follow this? And faith is like that. What are you going to believe? Whose report will you believe? And, and, and you've got to make a decision. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's, it's a decision. Faith goes, you know what? I, I'm going to make a decision. My mind's made up. I'm making a decision that I'm going to get healing. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't entertain the what ifs. What if this happens? Or, no, faith just goes, no, I don't care about the what ifs. It's God's will that I be healed and I'm going to go after it. I've made a decision. I'm not going back. I'm not changing my mind. I'm pursuing it until it happens. Faith goes after healing and makes a decision and then it commits itself to it. The third thing is, is that faith asks God to make it happen, which is so important because it's not about you making it happen. It's about God making it happen. Faith cries out to God. Faith cries out no matter what the pressures are, no matter what's going on, no matter what is sent to block us from getting healing, no matter what the doctor's reports are, faith persists. It doesn't give up in the face of disappointments. It's so easy for us to start off with such a vigor and such a belief that God can do this until the next doctor's report. And then disappointment starts to kick in because you've believed and nothing seems to happen. But faith doesn't give up. Faith doesn't quit. The Bible says this, add to your faith patience. Patience is what keeps your faith alive, because if you don't have patience, you'll give up in the disappointments, you'll give up in the blockages, you'll give up in the so-called walls that come up around you, but faith doesn't give up in the face of disappointments. I've got a speech problem this morning. It keeps on asking, it doesn't get discouraged. You know, discouragement is is one of the worst enemies of faith. Faith falls in in the face of discouragement, you've just got to go, no, I, this is what I believe. This is his will. I'm not, I'm not letting go of this. And it may not look good, but I'm not letting go. 
I've made a decision. I've made it. It rises above every rejection and perseveres until the answer comes. It does not quit. It just keeps going. It's like an energizer bunny. It doesn't stop until it comes to pass. Faith asks God to make it happen for faith is certain of a miracle. Faith has a certainty to it. It's not a oh, cross my fingers and hope. No, there's a, there's a certainty to it that knows that God's involved, that holds on that God's involved. You know, with Trinity, with, with her Crohn's disease years ago when she nearly died from it, that's all we had was to hold on and believe that God's involved in this. We're not going to quit, that this is going to happen. And it didn't happen in an instant. It didn't happen in one of those magical moments that we all want, yes? Because we live in an instant society, so we want God to do things instantaneously. And if God should just rock up with his fairy godmother wand and just go bing and make everything great, that'll be fantastic. But that's not the journey that God always takes us on. That does happen, but it doesn't always happen. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that over time, God is healing her because the symptoms are getting less and less. And the periods between bouts of things happening are getting longer and longer. Why? Because we believe God's involved. And it's been 24 years. But faith doesn't quit. Faith persists. It makes up its mind. Faith is the inner clear knowledge and revelation of the realities that are not evident to the natural senses. In other words, the Bible says this, that faith is the evidence of things unseen. Faith doesn't rely on what I can see. Faith relies on what I know, what I know to be true. And the Bible says this, that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, if I know the truth, that it's his willingness to heal me, then he's going to heal me. And, I, and, I, and even though I can't see it, I don't let go of that because I understand that faith takes what is unseen and makes it seen. Come on. Faith takes this unseen stuff that's going on that you're believing God for, that you've been longing for God to do. Faith holds on to that until it becomes a reality in our worlds. It doesn't quit. It doesn't let go. Faith is so certain of the unseen reality that it acts as though it's true. You know? It doesn't go around asking God, can you do this? It goes around thanking God that he's done it. Come on. You don't, it's, you don't need to ask him for healing. You need to claim the healing is already provided. By his stripes, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. Our healing flows through his wounds. It's already happened. He's already provided. He's already provided salvation for you on the cross. It's not so much that you need to ask for his forgiveness. It's more about the fact that you need to ask him to be the Lord of your life and receive his forgiveness because he's already given it. It's just claiming what he's already given to us. And what faith does is that it acts as though it's true, is that it's already happened. It plans according to what it knows, not what it sees. Even when we use faith all the time in our normal lives, every single person that gets married gets married in faith. Yes? Because you, you are hoping that in 20 years it's going to look like this. But you don't really know, do you? Come on, talk to me this morning. Don't go quiet. You don't know that she's going to leave drawers open and never close them. Eh? You don't know that he's, he holds the remote 
control of the TV like a possessed puppy. You don't realize that you don't have three children and a husband, but you have four children. You don't realize that when you get married, because when you get married, you think he's a knight in shining armor that's come to save you. And then you realize after a few years that he's just a burping, farting sex machine. And that's it. I'm sorry if that offended some of you, but you're allowed to have fun in church. And since you've been so quiet this morning, I just thought I'd help you along. But it changes, doesn't it? I am not the person that Trinity married, thank goodness. 25 years we celebrate in May in Hawaii. And, um, but I'm not the same person. But when she married me, she hoped, I'm sure, that I would become this person. Faith, you operate in all the time. You hope that your job will work out the way it works out. You hope your kids will become what you want them to become as you raise them. Faith operates all the time as though it operates according to what it knows and not what it sees. We have to have faith like that. Faith also, number five, faith speaks of those realities as finished acts. It says, Thanks, thank you, Lord, that that has happened, even though it hasn't happened. It acts like it's already done. It acts like it's already happened. See, because faith is always speaks. Faith always speaks. The first reaction of faith is to speak. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, because as you speak it, as you activate it, as you speak faith, you start to hear it, starts to transform your thinking, it starts to change your mind, it starts to stir something in your spirit. If we believe a thing, faith is believing and speaking, so if we believe something, then we've got to speak it. You see, if you spend all your time speaking about what the doctors have said, then you're activating the faith of the doctors instead of the faith of the promises. Faith has to speak what it believes. It speaks not based, and, it, and it's not a speak based on volume. You know? Faith doesn't, it's not like if I, if I say, God, I th- thank you. Thank you, God, for this healing. Thank you that you've done that. If I go, thank you, God, with a volume, it doesn't make any difference to the outcome. Faith is not about volume. Faith is not about excitement. It's not about you're at home and you're like, yeah, yeah. It's not about excitement. It's not about volume. It's about the power of God's word. Faith is, is based on the power of his word, not, not how I'm feeling. I'm feeling excited today. Got up this morning, had a great sleep. Ate really healthily yesterday. And so today I'm full of faith. But the next day you wake up because you had pizza the night before, had a bad sleep, ate too much cheese. And now your faith is flat again. It's not about excitement. It's not about volume. Faith is based on his promises. And if his promises are yes and amen, it's his will that I be here. It's based on that because there'll be plenty of times for him when you wake up where you don't feel like being full of faith, that you don't feel like being excited about what God's doing, but faith speaks as though it is, even though it isn't. Because faith is based on God's power of his word. Faith knows God is faithful. God is faithful. The Bible says this, that he will finish the work that he started in you. He is faithful and just to do that. Faith speaks the promises of God 
and it refuses to speak things that oppose the promises. You see, you can't, you can't one day be going, I believe you, God, I believe what you're going to do, and the next day be, no, oh, this is not going to happen, God doesn't love me, God doesn't care about me. And I, and I know that happens because I do that. I do that. One day I'm believing, trusting God, it's all going to, this is awesome, this is amazing, the, the circumstances haven't changed, but I've got plenty of faith over here right now, and then the next day I'll wake up, and it's just like, oh, it's never going to happen, God's not with me, God doesn't love me, God doesn't... And if you don't believe me, just ask my family. They'll tell you. I'm just being real with you this morning. That's what we do. And, and over here, I have to give myself a spiritual uppercut and remind myself, what does the Scripture say? Because it's the only thing. It's the only thing that's going to get me out of what I'm in. Nothing else can save me from the pit that I'm in other than the Word of God. Nothing else can deliver me. Nothing else can save me. Nothing else can heal me. Nothing else can set me free. Nothing else can break poverty mindset of my life. It's nothing but Scripture, does it? Because we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, not by fairy godmother moments. The other thing that faith does is it gives glory to God for things not yet manifest. Faith just thanks God. It just says, thank you, Father, that you're doing this. I trust you. I believe in you. I know your word is true. It thanks him. Faith knows that things are built in the spirit first before they become fulfilled in the natural. You see, the thing that you have to understand a little bit about us is that we operate in two realms, yes? We operate in the spirit realm. The Bible says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. And we operate in the physical realm that we know of here as our physical bodies. We operate in two spaces. And actually the physical world was created out of the spiritual world because God spoke it into being. And if God is going to speak the physical world into being from the spiritual, the process is the same when it comes to healing or any of the promises of God is that it has to start in the spirit realm first before it comes into the natural. And it comes the same way as what God brings it by us speaking the word of God. We build it up in the spiritual so it manifests itself in the natural. Faith understands. Faith is a creative force, and that's why it speaks just as God spoke when he created. The word of God and healing go together. He created the word world through his word. And the other thing is faith doesn't imagine disaster. It just looks for the answer. If there's one fault I have in my life, there's probably more than one fault. It's probably several. We don't have enough time to make the pros and cons of Craig. But if there's one fault in my life is that when things go wrong, I start to imagine a disaster before I even imagine that God could have the answer. Yeah? Wake up in the morning with a thumping headache. And I think, oh man, this is going to be a bad day. It's probably going to turn into a migraine. Go rummaging through the medical cabinet thing that we've got, which never, I don't know what happens, but it doesn't matter how often you buy Panadol or Nurofen or whatever, there seems to be never any in your, in your first aid kit, does there? I don't know whether people come during the night into my house and just take all my Panadol and Nurofen, but it never seems to be there. 
And so you go looking straight for the nerve and straight for the Panadol without even thinking, oh, isn't he the God that heals me? Maybe I should pray first. Thank him for healing, claim the healing, and then go look for the Panadol and the Nurofen. Are you with me this morning? Faith acts. Faith doesn't sit back, it acts. Faith where it works is dead. Real faith always acts. It doesn't sit there quietly. It doesn't care about what obstacles there are. It overcomes them to receive the answer. It doesn't, faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive. Well, how do you know that, Craig? Because in Matthew chapter 15, there's a story, and let me read it to you, and we're going to finish on this this morning. It says this from where, from there Jesus took a trip to Tyre and said on, they had hardly arrived when a Canaanite woman came down from the hills and pleaded, mercy, master, son of David, my daughter is cruelly afflicted by an evil spirit. And Jesus ignored her. The disciples came and complained. Now she's bothering us. <laughs> Would you please take care of her? She's driving us crazy. How many people are like, man? Jesus refused. I'm not helping her out. Telling them, I've got my hands full dealing with the lost sheep of Israel. Then the woman came back to Jesus, went on her knees and begged, Master, help me. And he said, it's not right to take bread meant for children's mouths and give it to dogs. It's not going well for her, is it? Hello? It's not going well for her. First she's been ignored. Now the disciples say she's a pain in our rear end. Can you sort her out? He says, no, nah, I'm not helping her because I'm not here to help her. I'm here to help these guys and I'm not going to give her what's for them. And then she comes and asks again, can you help me? And he goes, no. Nah. I don't give food to dogs, I only give it to children. It's not going well for her. She could quit right now, she could walk away offended. In the society we live in, you just have to say, I went to the shop and people get offended. Yet the scripture says this, offences will happen. And then when we get offended, we get upset about it. Offense is just an opportunity for you to discover what it is that you're offended about so you can realize that there's a character development that God needs to do in your heart so that you can sort that out and become a better person. Offense is a highway for you to become a better person, not a highway for you to become a bitter person. Anyway, that's another story. And he said, it's not right to take bread meant for children's mouths and give it to dogs. She was quick. You're right, master, but big as dogs do get scraps from the master's table. She's like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm a dog. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. But even dogs get scraps off the table. And all I'm asking for is a scrap. Remember, it's not the volume. It's not the excitement. It's not the size. I just need a scrap. I just need a little thing. She's persistent, man. She's not giving up. She came to get what she's going to get, and she ain't leaving until she's got it. Yeah, she, she, she is involving God in the whole process. And even though there's disappointments and discouragement, she is not backing down. She is not giving up. I don't know what's more, this has got to be the most discouraging thing that's ever happened to a person that God turns around and says to her, I'm not going to help you. 
go away, you stupid little dog. I don't have time for you. I've never had God ever say that to me. You've probably never ever had God say that to me, but this woman did, and it did not stop her from coming. And she says, even the dogs get the scraps. And Jesus said, oh woman, your faith is something else. What, do, what you want is what you get. Right then her daughter became well. This Canaanite woman pushes through the apparent reluctance of Jesus. First of all, she's a woman in a very misogynistic society. Women were, were not to be spoken to. Plus, she was a Canaanite woman. Like, she was the least of the least. She was like the lows of the lows. Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher. And if a woman walked into a house that a rabbi was at, they'd turn their back on them. They wouldn't even look at them. She's a woman that pushes through the reluctance of Jesus, the frustration of the disciples. She doesn't give up in the face of disappointment. She doesn't give up in the face of, of discouragement. The disciples have pushed her back. Jesus is reluctant to heal. Jesus has ignored her, told her that she, she doesn't qualify. You don't qualify, lady, for a miracle because you're not a child of Israel. You don't qualify because you're a foreigner. And she just keeps coming. She doesn't stop. She doesn't back off. She just keeps coming in in spite of all of this, in spite of what the doctor says, in spite of what people have said to her. She's not quitting. Faith has raised up in her heart to such a degree that she has made a decision. She is determined that I'm not leaving here until I came to get, until I get what I've come for. And Jesus says to her in the end, what you want is what you will get. Why? Because faith doesn't quit. Faith doesn't give up. Faith holds on to the promises of God. Even when everything else says it can't happen, faith goes, no, it's his will that I should be healed. It is his will that this should happen. It is his will and it doesn't give up. Even when the pastor turns around and says, I don't have time for you this week or I'm not praying for you this week or somebody else ignores you or tells you, laughs at you at the dream that you have, faith does not quit because faith holds on to his word and it doesn't shift until that, re that thing in the spiritual becomes a reality in the natural. And she pushed through. And then Jesus says, man, your faith is something else. What you want is what you'll get. Well, Jesus put it this way. You have not because you ask not. And in the same way that God has provided forgiveness for us, the scripture teaches that he has provided healing for all of us. God has arranged for us to have healing in our worlds. And he's arranged it via two things. Two things, as the musicians and singers come. Two things. Two things that God has arranged for your healing. The first one is, as you have to understand the first part of being healed, the first part of your sickness and disease leaving your body, the first part is this, is that Jesus decided, God decided that on the cross, he was going to secure healing for you. He secured it. He went out and he got it. He paid the price for it. He went out and brought healing. He decided, man, if, if, these, if these guys are going to have faith and belief for healing, then I better make sure I go out and purchase it for them. Because you can't have what hasn't been brought for. It's called stealing otherwise. But he said, I'll die on the cross. I'll pay the price 
for not just sin, but for your healing. I'll, I'll buy it for you. And then I'll give it to you via this vehicle called faith. Because faith is always essential in the equation. You see, faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what pulls heaven into earth. It's the currency. It's what we use to get God to move. And it's not that he doesn't want to move. He wants to move. But he wants you to want him to move. He wants you to believe in him. He wants you to trust in him. He wants you to not doubt in anything that he's doing. And he uses faith as the currency to say, you know what, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up in the face of discouragement. I'm not giving up in the disappointments. I'm not letting go of this. I, I am not leaving. I'm going to be like the Canaanite woman and I'm going to not leave until I get what I want. The woman with the issue of blood for 14 years, basically had a, oh, not 14 years. I can't remember how many years. I should have looked it up. But it was a long time and, and she's basically had a period nonstop for all of this time. And once again, in a misogynistic society where if she left her house, people would walk around going, unclean, unclean, unclean about her. And nobody would go near her because anybody that touched her apparently became unclean. But what did she do? She pushed through the crowd, touching everybody as she's pushing through the crowd because she just had the thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Jesus didn't pray for her. Jesus didn't anoint her. She just said, if I can just touch him, if I can just push through all of this, if I can just get through all of the disappointment, if I can just get all the doctors had done everything they could and told her this, nothing we can do for you. She had faced discouragement. She had faced disappointment. And then she had a crowd she had to push through, pushing through the crowd at risk of being killed and stoned to death. She pushed through to touch the hem of his garment and then she was instantly healed as she touched him and Jesus said, who touched me? You see, faith causes us to reach out and touch him. And then the Bible says that the power of God flowed through his garment and into her body and caused her to be healed and faith enables us to push through the crowd so that we can touch him. And then healing instantly flows from his wounds. She didn't have to ask, she just had to touch. Why? Because faith is the currency of heaven. And I believe this, that your road to healing comes in three ways. It's faith on the part of the person praying for you. They need to believe that God's, it's God's will to heal. There's faith on your behalf, that you believe that God's wanting to heal you. There's faith on behalf of the sufferer. And then there's the faith of others, the faith of the people in this room that releases the power of God to bring healing. And I believe today that you can be healed because it's His will. All I'm asking for you is to believe that it's His will as well. And then all I'm asking is that all of us would take a moment to believe that it's His will. And when I say healing, I'm not just talking about physical. I believe that God can heal your emotions. I believe that God can heal mental illnesses. I don't believe that autism and stuff like that is, is from God. That's not a God gift. The Bible says this, that all sickness and diseases come from the pit of hell. They don't come from Jesus. And if God can save you, God can heal you. The same process is what takes place. When we ask for him to save us, we say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I receive your forgiveness right now. And a transformation takes place. 
We are transported from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that same faith is what gets you from sickness into healing. Sometimes it may take years. Sometimes it may not happen, but the thing is, it's not our goal. Our goal as followers of Christ is to take him at his word. The resp- it's his responsibility for the outcome, but it's my responsibility to believe in him. Why don't you all stand to your feet this morning? Just keep the lights on, guys, just for a moment. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment this morning. And I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning. It's not my intention in any way, shape, or form.